Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Live from the Rise and Run Southern Broadcast booth, it's the Rise and Run Podcast, episode 31. Hi, everybody. Welcome. You know this is my favorite night of the week. I'm so happy to be here. I'm Bob. I'm in the Southern booth uh, in the uh, here on the Gulf Coast of Florida. Glad you're with us. We got a full house. I'm here with John. Hey, how you doing? Outstanding, John. Alicia's with us. Hello. Greg is here. Hey, hey, hey. Allie is with us tonight. Hi, friends. And Jack is here. Hello. Uh, good to see everybody. Glad to have you on board for another episode of the podcast. I wanted to start by explaining my intro last week about the really big shoe. And uh, if you're under, I'm going to say if you're under 50, you probably didn't get that one. But when I was a youngin, single digits, as I like to say, back in the 1960s, Sunday night TV was, and I'm not going to pretend that I can remember the order, but the shows included Bonanza, Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color, although very few people had color TVs, and The Ed Sullivan Show. And The Ed Sullivan Show was a live variety show out of New York City. And uh, Ed stood there throughout the entire show, and he had this unusual way of speaking, and he'd cross his arms, and he'd introduce people, and he'd go, tonight we've got a really big shoe. And what Ed's probably most famous for, in fact, the theater in New York where he had the show is still called the Ed Sullivan Theater. Uh, David, the David Letterman show was recorded there for years. Uh, but Ed Sullivan introduced the United States to the Beatles. So that's who Ed Sullivan was. Okay, enough of that. Let's move on. Let's see. We've heard from our contest winners. Yay. Uh, Tracy and Brittany both got with us on Instagram and told us they heard their names at the end of the podcast. And of course they were pretty excited. Tracy picked first, no surprise. Tracy picked the chip and Dale ears. We knew that was going to happen, but uh, Brittany will get the other set from Disneyland Paris. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Brittany. Once again, thank you everyone who entered by sending in a review for us. Now, don't quit the reviews just because we don't have ears no more. We still love hearing from you. Uh, and on that note, John, did we hear from anybody this week? Yes, we did. We uh, got some other reviews. A couple on Instagram got to us. Uh, Laura from the Netherlands, I guess she had a problem uh, sending a review in on uh, Apple Podcasts. But she said, great running podcast. Firstly, I hope you get to see... This review, this is the second time I'm trying to send a review. I heard sometimes international reviewers don't show up. What I love most about this podcast is the fun interaction between the hosts. I also love that the podcast makes you feel like you're a part of the great, motivating, loving, and inspirational community. Whether the hosts are running a race, cheering, or being virtual supportive, these are all important roles in the community. I hope to meet you all at a race weekend sometimes. 
I love the chats about run Disney races, the race reports, and the guests they have on the show. Do I dare to say it? I might have enjoyed a non-Disney race reports more because most of them are races I've never get to run. Yeah. Looking forward to a new episode each week. Keep up the good work. Love, Laura from the Netherlands. Uh, thank you, Laura. Laura, I want you to know that your name was on the list when we went down the list. You were one of the 60 people. Even though we may not have gotten your review, you told me you wrote one. I knew you did. So your name was on the list. You just didn't get picked. I think I've mentioned this. Laura and her husband, John, had their first baby. Oh, golly two months ago, I guess now. So I've been seeing first, first Mother's Day. Laura just had her first Mother's Day here a couple of days ago. Very sweet photos up on Facebook. They're, they're terrific people, both of them. And I'm, I'm glad they're listening. We had, I think you said we had one more, John. Yeah. We have another one on Instagram. Uh, Tiki Tinkerbell. Hi, I'm new to your podcast and I've never run a Disney race, but I am both a huge Disney fan and a diehard JG method believer. I can't I can't thank you enough for your podcast. I don't have to I don't have many running friends, and those I do have tend to believe in running all the way through and are super fast. Listen to you all make me a proud runner and makes me feel like a part of a community I don't have. So I just want to say thank you and hopefully to be able to see you at a Disney race one day. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that. We hope so too. I mean that's that's a highlight of any Disney event for me is a chance to meet and say hello to new friends. All right, great. Well, keep those cards and letters coming, folks. We genuinely appreciate them. A lot of activity on Facebook this week. Uh, some of it generated from the first part of Chris's interview. Uh, one of the things I picked up on was a bunch of questions about the Magic Mile. And we get those quite a bit. We went into the Magic Mile in depth in a very early episode of the podcast. I'm not going to do it here again. And we'll also talk about it more when Jeff Galloway is with us. I have a date for that now, by the way. Cool. Yeah, that's exciting. And uh, we'll talk about it when it comes up in the training plan. But if you're planning to do one soon, just a couple of words of advice. And my fellow customized training plan folks, you want to jump in here too, that's fine. Uh, the first thing is don't push too hard at the start. You kind of want to do, it's only a mile, but in terms of you kind of want to do a negative split, you'd like to see your second half faster than your first half. One of the listeners on Facebook asked if they should take walk breaks or are walk breaks normally taken during a magic mile. For most of us, the answer is yes. And unless you're really fast, unless you're 630, seven minute mile, in which case you're going to run all the way through. But if, if you're at the even at the eight minute mark, uh, a strategy that I've used, and when I was running him, I was in the low eights, um, is I would run a quarter, and then walk ten seconds. So I ended up with three walk breaks in mine because the last one I'd crossed the mile before I before I'd finish. And then the last word of advice: finish feeling like you couldn't continue that pace for more than another one or two hundred yards. That's the kind of effort you want to put into this thing. Remember, the Magic Mile is a measurement tool, not a training tool. It's not a speed trainer. It's what you're going to use to get into the Jeff Galloway system and look at the tables and say, okay, based on my Magic Mile, I'm going to train for a 10K. 
these are the paces I should be working at for my training runs. And these are the run-walk intervals I should be using. Comments, fellow CT peers. Greg? So the one thing to take note of when you are running your magic mile is whatever day you decide to do this in your training, it should not be the first thing that you do. Oh, absolutely right. You should warm up at at bare minimum at least one mile doing your conservative run-walk ratio of you know, two minutes slower yes. than, you know, your, you know, your race pace and everything like that. Now, obviously, if this is your first magic mile, just do an easy mile. I mean, heck, you could probably even walk a mile as well, too. But again, don't let the magic mile be the first thing you're doing right out of the shoot, because that is going to distort your numbers ever so slightly in terms of, uh, you know, the magic mile that's going to output for you. Because again, that is going to dictate your entire training. Thank you, Greg. I meant to mention that. Thank you very much. That's absolutely correct. Allie? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to mention as well, too. You just want to make sure you're warmed up because if you come out just without that warm up, I've done it before. Your magic mile's not as fast. Oh, no, no. That's right. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. A good slow mile. And Allie and Greg both said it. Even if you're walking chunks of it, good chunks of it, that's okay. That's the way to get into your magic mile. And then on Jeff's normal training schedule, He'll have maybe a total of five miles on a magic mile day. So it'll be the warm-up mile, the magic mile, and then go into the last three at whatever is a comfortable, easy pace for you. And you'll be a little bit surprised. You'll you'll have kind of tired legs to start, but they'll come back to you. And uh, you, you'll find that the, those two, three, four miles, whatever's on the schedule, will not be nearly as difficult as you think they might be. And the other thing that I'll say too, and and you know, Coach Twiggs, feel free to go out there and correct me if I misspeak here. But the one thing that I've noticed in my training is, you know, you go ahead, you do your magic mile, you go to Jeff's website and you input your time in there. The way that the calculator is set up on that website is that it automatically defaults your long run pace to two minutes slower than your marathon pace. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, if you're not training for a marathon, then essentially what you can do then is look at the time, you know, you know, say you're training for a half marathon. Take a look at, okay, my race pace for a half marathon should be this, and then add two minutes to that. And that's the pace that you can focus on. Obviously, I think it gets a little bit muddier, like, you know, if you're only training for, you know, a 10 K or a 10 miler, you know, things might differ a little bit, but you know, again, you might look at that number. Like I know a lot of people, I mean, heck, I even had this conversation with Allie when she, you know, first joined, you know, customize and she's like, that seems really slow. And again, when you initially, you know, first initially input those numbers into the website, you're right. It does seem slow because again, it's defaulting to two minutes slower than your marathon pace. And obviously not everybody is training for a marathon. So just a, you know, little, little, um, FYI there for you. And I think that part of the training for me was learning to trust the process. And I wanted to fight back and say, this is too slow. I can run faster than that. This, But that's supposed to be a warm up, And it's not supposed to be something that I necessarily run every long run at. There are definitely tempo long runs that we do and there's speed work that we do. And so there's a place for all of this uh, within that um, magic mile predictor. So 
Um, I've kind of learned to trust what Chris Triggs is saying and in turn what Jeff Galloway has taught. And now I've come around to it. <laughs> oh, it works all right. Yeah. I've, I've been through a whole lot of it and it does work. I was just thinking like, I can't wait to properly use interval training for road races because it was really hard to use um, if you're training on um, on the trails. Sure. Uh, because as much as I wanted to use intervals for my 50 miler, it just wasn't possible due to the hills. Um, so you kind of have to run when you can, walk when you have to. But I cannot wait to see how well it works for uh, – for my next marathon, like my conversational pace was so much slower than what I'm used to. And it was very difficult for me to wrap my mind around that fact because I'm so used to being, I don't, I don't walk. So putting in those interval breaks and then seeing that conversational pace, I'm like, okay, I can't wait for my next magic mile because I don't, I hope it's faster, but I was just really, really surprised and I can't wait to see what the outcome is. And I know you guys have been doing it a lot longer. So I trust you guys and I trust Chris Twiggs. And you're used uh, to running at a certain pace. So when you run at a slower pace or a faster pace, sometimes it just feels different. Yeah. And sometimes different can be a little jarring. But now I've been doing it for a few months. There's a place for each part of that. And it's helped me become a better runner. So I, I know what you're talking about. I'm excited to see how it works for you, Jack, because I, I think... I really think it will work for you. I uh, want to move on a little bit here. Now, this wasn't, a lot of this conversation was generated from part one of our interview with Chris. Uh, this next topic wasn't, this next topic came up, actually, it came up between Greg and I. And both of us realizing we've packed on a couple of extra pounds. We need to get rid of those before we start training for this fall's work. So we kind of challenged one another. I put a note on the Facebook group and boom, <laughs> we struck a nerve. A lot of people understand that. Now, the reason I want to talk about this is, contrary to what you might think, it is going to be more difficult to lose weight once you start training for your long distance events in January. Now, it would seem to be just the opposite. And if you put in enough miles, it could be. But for most of us who are doing, da doing Galloway training, it's going to be harder to lose this weight. So the time to take it off, if you need to, is really right now. I, I posted a link to an article in, in the thread, and it talks about why, counterintuitively, some people, many people, in fact, will not only find it hard to lose weight when doing all this running, but may in fact gain weight. Some of the reasons, and I'm summarizing very briefly here, you're going to be hungrier. You're going to generate all that activity. You're going to burn all those calories. And it's just going to make you hungrier. And unfortunately, according to research done at the University of Massachusetts, that's worse for women than it is for men. I would also add generally it's just easier for men to lose weight than it is for women. And it's generally easier for young folks to lose weight than it is for older folks. The other thing that happens to runners who start training long distances is they get into this, I deserve it or I earned it type of mentality. That's and me. They, yeah. <laughs> well, you're not alone. And they figure that, okay, I've been out running this morning so I can come in and eat a bag of donuts. 
It's, it, it happens. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it does happen. An important thing to do is that following a training run, within the first 30 minutes of the training run, and I'm not a medical doctor. I don't know how this works, but I've read this dozens and dozens of times. This is the time where if you can get good carbs and proteins into your body, they'll help rebuild, refuel your muscles in that 30-minute window there. Eat good food in that time frame, and it will help you out. A trick I use to help me, and this works for me, I'm not, I'm not again, I'm not advertising, I'm not sponsored, but... Plastic uh, cheese. Yeah, eat, yeah. <laughs> Can we get you know, sponsored by plastic cheese? I was just thinking, if I ever had a sponsor, it should be the plastic cheese people, don't you think? But uh, I use an app, uh, uh, MyFitnessPal. I use the MyFitnessPal to record Every daggum thing I eat, period. It's not so much that I'm counting calories, although it does that for me and it does help. It does tell me fat content, sodium content, all that. That's great. It makes me mindful of what I'm doing. And when I do that, I tend to eat less. The last thing that works for me is what got Greg and I started and why I started the thread on the Facebook group. And that's accountability. If I know I've announced to other friends, hey, I'm going to drop some pounds and I'm going to talk to or report to them on a regular basis, then I'm more likely to pay attention to what I'm eating. So with that in mind, what we did is we started this little thread and every Friday, once a week, I'll just put it out there. You can post what you want. You can leave it alone completely, but if it'll help you, and I think it'll help me, it's there for you. Then, then the last thing I say, personally, I need to lose weight because my legs can't support the weight I'm trying to run on. That's part of my injury problems. And it's not going to get any better. And if I do drop some pounds, it'll help me out. One thing I'd like to say too is I am working on gaining weight. So I'm working on trying to gain more muscle so that I can also support my knees and my legs and become a faster and stronger runner. So if you are also in that same boat and you're trying to gain weight, um, I would say do it now as well. Because when you start getting into the long training runs of 15, 16, 17, 18, 20, etc., it's going to be really hard to uh, maintain a weight training um, regimen or follow a program at that time, because this, you're just going to be doing a lot and you're going to be overtraining. So the same thing, just, you know, start the weight training now and, um, and then lighten it as you get up to the to longer runs. Yeah. But here's the thing, Allie, if you're trying to gain weight, I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to also lose weight a little bit too. So I'm trying to recomp. I'm trying to get a little more muscle but I do have some fat to lose because I, as well as as you guys know, when you stop marathon running, you also have to stop eating like your marathon training. Yeah. And I did not do that. <laughs> so. And the other thing to note too, and we're going to make sure that we celebrate this, you know, across all of our social media channels and, and such as it pertains to this topic is Yes, obviously right now the focus is the number that's on the scale. 
but we want to cheer you on and we want to celebrate what I, I heard this phrase years ago and I absolutely fell in love with it. Non-scale victories. Yeah, it's a good you phrase. You are you know, fitting into a shirt or a pair of pants or a swimsuit that you haven't fit into years or you're able to do a certain type of exercise a lot easier now. We want to know about that. We want to celebrate it and um, you know, and just continue to you know support you along the journey, no matter what your goal may be. Excellent. I appreciate that. So here's our message. If you need to lose weight, now's the time. It will be surprisingly more difficult once the hard training comes along. If you need to do it, we're here to offer whatever help we can. We're not nutritionists. We're not medical doctors, but we can support one another. And that's the idea of running the Facebook thread. We'll have it up once a week. You're more than welcome to participate. A lot of terrific response to part one of Chris Twiggs' interview. I know we enjoyed it. One of the things I wanted to get back to when I introduced Chris, I, I listened to the introduction again. And before the interview, I, I casually mentioned that Chris is a 15 times finisher of the Hard Rock 100. And I didn't say anything else. Friends, the Hard Rock 100 is a 100-mile running event out in Colorado that features, and I'm not going to stutter when I say this, 33,000 feet of climbing and 33,000 feet of descending. This event tops out at 14,000 feet above sea level and averages 11,000 feet above sea level. If you were a pilot in a private airplane, you would be required to wear oxygen, at least for part of the time at those altitudes, and yet the hard rock is done at those altitudes. And Chris, by the way, trains for this in the mountainous regions of coastal Florida. <laughs> He'll actually go out. He's got a hill not far from him. I don't know what the change in elevation on the hill is. It can't be much more than 100 feet, but he will do it multiple times a day. I don't want to quote how many because I can't remember, but it's it's a lot. He needs something to help him count. It's that many times. And I also just want to put this out here. It's also one of the hardest 100-mile ultras in the United States. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and Jack will have her report when she does it for us in a couple of years. Yes. Which I think she one will. One of my goal races. <laughs> I think she will. It is. It's a, it's a very well-known event, especially amongst ultra runners. Uh, 15 times. That's, that's just great. That's impressive. But I wanted to, and I, I kind of glossed over that. I didn't want to do that. I know it's something Chris is very proud of. Uh, so I wanted to bring that back up. So anyway, without further ado, let's take a listen to the second half of our interview with Coach Chris Twiggs. I, I like this question from Amy, and I think Amy's going to be a customized training plan person here in the not-too-distant future. Amy asks, what's the one thing you wish people knew about Customize before they signed up? And what's the one misconception, if there is one, that you'd like to clear up? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I think I, um, I wish people knew that they don't have to have a, and this may be a misconception too, you don't have to have a, a race in mind. You don't have to have a, a time goal or, or anything like that to be a part of customized training. If you are interested in having some structure to your running 
And if you are interested in having the encouragement of a bunch of folks that are out there doing the same sort of thing, and if you'd like to learn to be a little more intentional about the way that you are running, then Customized is for you. Um, I have lots of people that join Customized that don't have a race. And I will often put a, yeah, yeah, Bob, you don't have a race right now. Um, but I will often put a 5K, a virtual 5K on their, on their schedule just, just for variety's sake, just to give them something fun, uh, fun to do. I, now I'm calling it a virtual 5K. We used to just say a 5K time trial, but um, hey, when there's an option to sign up and get yeah. a medal for that 5K time trial, why not, right? Right. Um, so I'll often put those on there just so that people have got a little bit of structure to their schedule and something fun uh, to shoot for. But, uh, you know, running is, if, if all, you know, all the races did go away during COVID and if all the races went away tomorrow and they never came back, I would still be a runner and there would still be people that would want help with their running. And so um, I would hate for that to happen. I hope it doesn't. But um, but customized is still valuable, even if you don't have and to me, it's still valuable, even if you don't have a race in mind or um, or a time goal or any of those things. So Sarah uh, has a question here. So she is now when she wrote in this question, I think this was before uh, the marathon weekend registration fiasco. Uh, but she wrote that uh, she's hoping to do dopey. So Sarah, we hope you got into dopey. Um, but she and she just ran her first marathon this past January. Uh, so she wants to know how early should she start thinking about getting a run coach? And she does put in here that she has used the Galloway method in uh, in the past as well. If you're thinking about having a run coach, then you should have a run coach. Um, you know, I, I, I think that's, you know, that's what I want. And I, re I really want to encourage you, um, you know, first, if, you know, customized is great. I love customized, obviously. Um, go to jeffgalloway.com, look at our list of cities page, see if we've got a Galloway program in your area. If we've got a Galloway program in your area, that's a community that you can actually go and run with. Now, they may or may not be training for the Disney races, depending on where you live. Uh, but it's a group of folks that at least are going to give you a good, a good opportunity to run with people that are using the method and using it the right way. But I, I think, especially with Dopey, the earlier you get started with the training, the better off you are. Think of the schedule that we have as kind of a, I won't say it's last, last minute, because you could, if you, if you listen to this podcast in the future and you've only got two months before Dopey and you realize you're nowhere close to the mileage you're supposed to be based on the schedule, we can still help you get to Dopey and finish it. But, um, but the sooner you start with Dopey, the easier it's going to be for you to have a good experience at that race. Um, I, I, you know, the, there are some things that we can do. We can build your long run up, long run up even longer than what it shows on the training schedule. Um, we can add, different types of tempo runs and things that can get you faster. The great thing about training somebody to be faster is you don't have to run faster, but if you're in shape to run faster, that makes running slower a whole lot easier yeah, it and does. more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, so I, if you're thinking about it, do it. Now I will say that the caveat here is customized training is a six month pro, is a six month plan. So if you, if you sign up now, and I've had a lot of people since, since the registration day for, um, 
for Disney Marathon Weekend. Since that day, I've had a lot of people that have signed up that are doing dopey or doing marathon during that weekend or whatever. It is too early for your six months to start now in, as we're talking today on May 3rd, it's too early to start on May 3rd and have that reach marathon weekend. Um, but uh, it's, it's pretty inexpensive to renew for another six months. Right. Uh, so what most people are doing, and a lot of people are actually doing both wine and dine and, um, and something marathon weekend mm -hmm. wine and dine fits. It's close enough to the six months that I'm anybody that signs up right now and says they're doing wine and dine. I'm, I'm putting it on, you know, I'm, I'm giving them an extra couple of weeks to reach wine and dine. Um, so, oh, cool. uh, but yeah, but, but know that, if you've got dopey or you've got marathon weekend, even if your training starts now, if you tell me you're going to do the marathon, I'm going to make sure everything in this next six months is with that in mind. So I will have all the runs building up. Spoiler, if you're doing dopey and you're doing uh, wine and dine, you got a 20 miler before you even get to wine and dine. Yeah. So, um, so I, I'm, I'm building those schedules with that marathon weekend in mind. The other option, and people ha always have this option, is if you want to sign up now, but you don't want the actual coaching part to begin until six months before the race, that's cool. That's no problem. I'll build your schedule. I'll put it up there for you to see on Final Surge, which is what I use. And you'll see where you need to be six months before marathon day. And then you'll be able to look at that. You'll get back in contact with me. Uh, when when your schedule actually begins, and if you get to that and you say, "Guess what? I saw on the schedule that I was supposed to be up to seven miles, but I'm nowhere near that. Can we back it up to three miles?" Then, of course, that's what customizer is about. And I'll back you up to three miles, and we'll get you there. I, I smile because you an answer questions that I hear all the time. We've talked about a couple of them. That last one was one that I get every year, and it's not necessarily me, but I see it on the Facebook page every year. Oh, maybe around Thanksgiving. Hey, yeah. I want to do dopey, but I haven't started training yet. Can I do it? And you say, <laughs> yes, I usually say to them, ah, if you're in reasonably good condition, you probably can, but you're not going to like it. <laughs> it's going to hurt. But anyway, no, there, there are ways, there are ways to get you, there are ways to get you ready. Um, you know, it's just, you're limiting, you're limiting what the experience is going to be like. You're not going to run it as fast as you could. Um, and uh, the, the training is going to be a little more, um, onerous in some ways. It's just that we, we have to throw in a lot of walking. I've, I gotta say, I have learned so much from Jeff Galloway. The man is brilliant. And um, when I started working for him, I didn't know half the things that I know now. And the stuff that seems so natural to me and is so easy for me to tell people what to do now, a lot of it is stuff that I had to go to Jeff and say, hey, people are asking me this stuff. And is there any way to do this? And Jeff would just smile and show me what to do. And then I could, cool. I could tell people as if I had thought of it myself. And I promise you, all the stuff that I tell people, <laughs> I didn't think of it myself. It's 99% <laughs> of it comes from Jeff Galloway. And then some of it is stuff that, uh, you know, that I've picked up along the way from other folks. Nice. Um, all right, listeners, don't take it that Chris Twiggs just told you you don't need to start training for Dopey until December. Okay, it's not <laughs> what he said. <laughs> start no, now i did not say it. here's what i say if you got into go if you got into dopey you are one lucky 
person. Yeah. For every person that got into dopey, there are half a dozen people listening to this podcast oh, yeah. that wish they had gotten into dopey. So if you got into dopey, do not throw away your shot. You make it count. You train yeah. for it the right way and you run it proud and you finish that thing with a smile on your face uh, because you got a spot. You earned it and you paid for it, Lord knows. But um, but don't don't squander that experience. You know, we had a friend on Facebook. I think it's Mark, I think, who, who said that. He said, in light of what's happened here, I'm going to have to dedicate myself extra strong for those folks who didn't get dopey and wanted to because That's I don't right. want to let them down. And as one of those people who didn't get dopey and wanted to, and Alicia's another one, I appreciate that sentiment. I'm, I'm glad to see them doing that. And, and I wish them all the best. Honestly, I do. Just because I didn't get in, <laughs> you getting in didn't. Well, I guess maybe it did keep me out, but that's not the point. It did. <laughs> that's not the point. The point is you got in good for you. Uh, and, and I am happy for you. I've done it three times. I'll do it again, but I'm happy for you. Moving right along. Speaking of, let's see, we've heard, we've heard from Amy with a Y. Amy with two E's didn't write a question, but Amy with one E, who is over in, she's in England. I don't know if she's in London or not. She wanted to do Dopey, but uh, I don't feel too bad for her. She's doing the London Marathon. and Ooh, Awesome. I still would have, it would have been nice to see Amy over here, and I hope we do at some point. Uh, another friend in the UK who got shut out, but uh, she's asking about weight training. And she's looking at training, running training, maybe four days a week, four or five, I think she said. But she's asking about weight training and asking, should she do the whole body in one day or should she split it upper body one day and legs another? Yeah. Um, splitting it is probably going to be better. And uh, those legs, when she's doing legs, they need to be on, on the same days that she's running. Not every day that she runs, but whatever day she decides to do legs has to be a running day because you want the non-running days to rest your legs. So, um, so those non-running days are the days you're going to do the upper body stuff and, and all of that mess. Um, do you need to do speed? Do you need to do weight training, uh, to be a runner or to be a fast runner or anything like that? No, you really don't. Um, weight training is something that's really, really valuable for sprinters and, uh, and not really valuable for marathoners. And then anywhere in between, it's a sliding scale. I apologize. My dog is squeaking her toy. Oh, okay. To me. Um, right. so, but, uh, so weight, weight training is something that you want to do if you want to do it. Uh, if you, there are certainly some things that you can do to make yourself look better and feel better with weight training. They're not necessarily going to help you as a runner. And so the most important thing when you're doing weight training is don't do anything that's going to mess up your running. And uh, leg work on non-running days will really mess up your running. That's good, Chris. Thanks. I really abbreviated Amy's question. And, and I've never met Amy, but from watching her posts, I know she's very serious about her weight training and she, she's going to want to do it. So that's a great answer. Yeah, that's great. And if you, if you want whatever it is, right. I think running, I mean, I want your running to be happy. I want you to be happy when you're running. And, um, and so if you are, if your running is taking away from the other things that you love, you're going to resent it. You're going to hate your training. Uh, you're running if it, if it takes away from your run. So I want you to be able to do your weight training if that matters to you. I want you to be able to play soccer if that matters to you. I want you to be able to roller skate if that matters to you, right? Um, running needs to be part of your life, not taking away from your life. 
So just as a follow up to that, uh, Chris, uh, listener Jen, you know, also was asking about the best strength exercises to add into your training and how often. So obviously, it makes total sense about you know incorporating you know the legs on the running days. I know you've told me something similar, you know, with my Peloton that you know if I'm going to get out of the saddle and ride, I should do that on you know run days. But again, so you know, are there a particular exercise that she should focus on? And if and then how often to incorporate that? Yeah, so I mean the best the best tra- strength training for a runner is hills. Uh, you know, get out there and do hill repeats. That's the that's the best thing that's going to do because you're reinforcing both the running motion and the muscles that are helping your running. Um, so that for for lower body, that's the main thing. If there are other things you like to do, do those things. You like doing squats, do squats. You like doing lunges do lunges. If you're a great squatter, are you going to be a great runner? Uh-uh. If you're the best lunger in the gym, is it, are you going to be the fastest runner? Nope. But, you know, so just be careful about those things and watch how it's impacting your running. And if it starts to hamper your running, then, um, then consider tapering those things off, at least when you are getting up to the higher mileage of your, of your running in terms of upper body stuff, Jeff Galloway has a, a video that he, um, that ha- he has on his YouTube channel where he demonstrates arm running, which is uh, taking either um, dumbbells or you can do it with gallon jugs of water or something like that. And you go through the running, the running motion like you, like you would, you know, imagine what your arms are doing when you're kind of pumping hard at the end of a race and you do that very slowly in slow motion with your um, with your arms. I'm, I'm tempted to to show you guys here on the video what he's talking about, but it would do nobody any good who's listening to the podcast. <laughs> so they can go to Jeff Galloway's YouTube channel and they can put in uh, arm running in the search, and they'll see Jeff demonstrating this. But um, but that's the the best for for arms um, that can really help with that. Planks are good. That's not. <clears throat> I mean, that's strength training. That's not weight training. But planks are good for the core. Um, and then, uh, TRX is a really good cross training, uh, device. That a lot of gyms have, and some people have it as a home gym, um, that utilizes your body weight. Um, and that can be really helpful, really useful as well for just all around fitness. Um, so hopefully that, you know, that helps some people, but if you decide, yeah, I'm not really into those things. Can I still be a good runner? Yeah, I, you, you really can. My friend Heidi has a question. Um, Heidi says, hi, Coach Twigs. I'm looking to increase my cardio. Specifically, she was looking for respiratory fitness um, and just being a, a, a fitter person versus having a race to you know go towards. Um, any tips for increasing cardio through running for her? Yeah. So <clears throat> there are a number of things that can be, that can be done to kind of help, help with that. Um, Water running is a really good cross training activity, but is also a great cardio um, exercise. And that can be thrown in as an additional workout on a running day, or it can be thrown in as a cross training day, just not on a rest day. Um, but that's a really good thing. Um, you can you can increase cardio with it, really anything that's giving you kind of uh, good good high intensity uh, interval type training. So 400 meter sprints, 200 meter sprints. I don't, I don't put a lot of 200 meter stuff on people's schedules um, because that's typically used for folks that are racing really short stuff like mile. Uh, but 
four hundreds, eight hundreds. You know, there's a quarter mile, half mile repeats, uh, those sorts of things where you're where you're stretching your aerobic capacity and then giving yourself the opportunity to recover. So that's really useful as well. Um, so those are hill repeats. You know, I mentioned earlier, hill repeats are speed work in disguise. Uh, so hill repeats can can do that as well. The uphill charging, the downhill, not so much, um, but the uphill charging. The only only real cardio exercise you get from downhill running is when you scream on the way down. <laughs> is there like a is there something to building your heart rate then letting it rest and building your heart rate and letting it rest? Is that something that that kind yeah, of I mean, to be what those are, there, right? There is. I mean, that's in a way that's what Galloway running does, right. right? I mean, the heart. It's not about building your your heart heart rate up, but it is about the walk breaks keeping your heart rate, you know, getting letting your heart rate come down so that you are not going anaerobic during a run. And the more you do that, and the closer you ride that line on your tempo runs, the closer you ride that line toward race pace and maybe even a little bit faster. Uh, the more efficient your your heart is going to be, the more efficient your breathing is going to be, so that you aren't going to cross over that line into anaerobic territory. It's a bad place to go, and if you go anaerobic early in a race, it, you know we've probably all done it. It, it. it takes you quite some time to recover. You you spend some time walking, you spend some time gasping, you spend some time huffing and puffing, and then maybe late in the race you're able to start picking it up and run normally again. So you want to save those opportunities to go anaerobic for a really short race or for late in a race. Can you describe just for people who might not know what um, anaerobic kind of means? Well, yeah, I mean, anaerobic is no oxygen. So when you're, um, if you think about it, uh, watching in the Olympics or any, any track meet, but, but watch, uh, watch the hundred meter uh, race. That hundred meter race is is almost one hundred percent anaerobic. They take a deep breath before that gun goes off. Gun goes off, boom! And ten seconds later, they've crossed the finish line. They're not taking breaths during that. They're just boom going right. Go to the other side of that and look at the people that are running the five thousand meters. The five thousand meters is is ninety percent aerobic. They don't go to that spot. They're not pushing themselves to that one hundred percent line uh, in a five k, but they're as close to it as they can get without crossing that line for as long as they can on that track. So, um, so that's, that's what it is. And we know it, we've done it. When you go out too fast in a 5k and suddenly you find that your heart is racing and you're huffing and puffing and you can't really catch your breath and you've got to take that walk break, you've, you've gone anaerobic. Um, and so we don't do a lot of heart rate um, based training with Galloway. Jeff just, he, he says that, you know, the, hu the huffing and puffing is kind of our natural heart rate monitor. Um, but if you, if you do pay attention to your heart rate and you know, when you are crossing that line, um, knowing where that spot is and, and backing yourself down from it before you cross, it can be a really, um, important way to keep yourself, uh, from, making mistakes during a race. Uh, I've got, my, my wife has an uncle uh, who first time he qualified for Boston, he modified Galloway training slightly and he did his regular run walk. But every time he saw that his heart rate was, was starting to approach that red line for him, he put an extra walk break in. And um, by doing that and keeping himself close to the line, but not going over it, he was able to hit his goal. Cool. That's great tips. Okay, so for those of us doing the ch both challenges for both Wine and Dine Weekend and Marathon Weekend, 
what plan, if you're just doing the, the Galloway plans on the Run Disney site, would you start with Dopey or the Wine and Dine and then kind of switch to Dopey later? Yeah, I would watch the Wine and Dine schedule, but look at the long runs for Dopey um, because you do have to get up past half marathon distance before Wine and Dine happens. So um, you're going to be fine if you follow the Wine and Dine in terms of where those extra walks happen you know we add on the 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 six mile walk and the three mile walk prior so you're going to be fine using the wine and dine schedule for those but look at the dope don't be blind to the dopey schedule pay attention to that so that you know you've got your long run up long enough and what you want to shoot for is that you have a long run on the right weekend which is two weeks before wine and dine and then you've got wine and dine. And then two weeks after wine and dine, you've got your next dopey long run. So, um, but so focus on wine and dine schedule, but be aware of the long runs that you have to do for dopey. Okay. So that's the follow-up question on the day of the half marathon. The plan is for a 20 mile walk run. Do you just do the half marathon and s- skip it or do the extra seven miles? Well, I mean, if you're, if you're going to be, if you are going to stick to those schedules a hundred percent, then you would find a way to get in those extra seven miles on the day of the half marathon. Um, but that also means you've got to find a way to do the extra, uh, seven miles on the day of the 10 K. Right. Um, well, at Disney, the schedule that's not hard though. Yeah. I think <laughs> I ran around Coronado quite a few times last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now in the schedules that I'm writing for people right now that are doing both, I've got them getting up to a a 20 miler prior to, um, prior to wine and dine. So they've got two weeks before wine and dine, they're doing a 20 and then two weeks after wine and dine, they've got a 23 and that you can go four weeks between 20 and a 23 and that. 13 mile half marathon plugs in really sweetly right in there in that middle spot. John, I was going to say, and again, not patronizing, but I've done this for the last couple of years, sign up for customize and then don't worry about it. Chris will take care of it for you. (laughs) (laughs) He'll tell you what you need to run when, and gosh, you know, all I can say is it works. No, I can say, I can say more than that. I will, but. Our schedules, our schedules that we have, are, they really are. They're fantastic as long as there's nothing else that gets in your way. They're, they, there's nothing wrong with those schedules. And I get people all the time that, I mean, you can go to jeffgalloway.com and we've got just a generic marathon training schedule there on the website that anybody can use. And people ask me all the time, well, should I, you know, can I just use that or do I have to pay you to coach you? You can absolutely use that. Oh, sure. Please use that. We put it there because we want people to use that. But. If and when there's some challenge that comes up that would require you to deviate from that schedule, um, you know, that's why I'm here to help. You know, can I file my taxes just using a simple form and, uh, and the free software that, that is offered online? Absolutely, I can do that. But if I've got a more complicated income than that, and I've got all sorts of deductions that I want to use, it's a really good idea for me to hire an accountant to help me with that, with that stuff. So if, if you're the type of person that thinks, yeah, if, if, if stuff gets complicated, I want an expert to help me, I'm, I'm that expert 
when it comes to the running stuff. Or Jeff Galloway is if you want him to coach you through e-coaching. Or there are other other people out there if you find somebody locally that suits your uh, personality more. Yeah, I was going to throw out that 2016, I ran the Wine and Dine Half. That was the only thing I had on my schedule. So I just followed the plan to the letter, and it worked for me. But then as I get more and more into running, the fall is a wonderful time to run down here and there's space coast and there's bird in hand and there's, so it gets complicated and Chris is there to help. This one, we, we had it on our list and then didn't actually address it, but I know this is on every runner's mind. Um, and it kind of goes along with having a coach versus doing it yourself. How do you balance the risk of injury versus being properly trained and also what i'm as a follow-up question what do you do if you get to november and you're running dopey and all of a sudden you have an injury or a flare-up so i i there are a lot of, of training plans out there that will get people to the finish line uh with great results the difference between those plans and the Galloway plans is that we are more likely to get you to the starting line uninjured. And that's more important to me. That is way more important to me is to get you to the starting line uninjured. If you can, if you have a fast result or a successful result, whatever successful means to you in the race, that's a bonus. That's fantastic. And I certainly want to prepare you for that as well. But my primary concern is keeping you guys injured and, and keeping you on track to get to that starting line. So that's why we tell you two 30 minute runs during the week is enough. Um, and that's why we tell you, we want you to slow down by two minutes per mile on those long runs, um, because that's the safest thing to do. Um, so, uh, the, the balance has always got a tip for me. The balance has always got a tip on the side of, of, of being injury free. Now, that's for us, right? That's for that's for all of us. You guys were interviewing um, Brittany a couple of weeks ago. She's running for a living. This is how she makes her living. And there are times when her coach is, you know, she and her coach are going to do the math, and they're going to they're going to have to do some things in training and in racing where the risk is higher. Um, but that's because you know the reward is different than it is for the rest of us. And, um, you know, I make a, I make a living off of the running industry, but I'm not a professional runner. And so in my own running, I always err on the side of staying injury free. Um, and that's part of staying injury free for me is I also really like sleeping in my own bed at night. And if I, if I get injured and I can't run, my wife doesn't want to be around me. So, um, you know, it's, it's really, really important to stay injury free. Now, um, you know, when we, when you get to a spot where an injury happens and they do, they happen to all of us. A lot of times they have nothing to do with running. You know, you can, um, we was talking to one guy this morning who, uh, got injured when he walked out onto his driveway to pick yeah. up his, 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 uh, newspaper or whatever it was. And he, and he, you know, he hurt himself. That happens to us. Um, there are adjustments that can be made. Obviously, the earlier it happens, the easier it is to make adjustments to get you uh, to race day. If you get injured in November and you have to take a couple of weeks off, can you still do a, a, a dopey or a marathon in January? Yeah, 
yeah, you can. Um, it just depends on what the injury is. Um, I am not a doctor and I don't play one on TV, mm-hmm. uh, which is another illusion, Bob, that probably a lot of people don't I get, get these days. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I, um, I think that, uh, it's important. It's really, really important when you do have some sort of an injury that you go and you find the healthcare professionals in your area that you trust, that know your body, talk to your family doctor, get it checked out. Um, make sure that it is something that you can either run through or that you know what the right recovery is. And then if you're doing customized, I want you to bring that information back to me and say, okay, here are the limitations. Here's what I'm allowed to do. And here's how much time I'm supposed to take off. And here I can, you know, the first question I'm going to ask is, can you walk? Because if you can walk, you can still get those long runs in. You can still get the distance and not running, but you can get them in walking. And so I don't have to worry about your endurance if you can still walk. If you can't walk, can you get to a pool? Can you do water running? You know, I've got a list of things that I run down that, I, that I'll give you to try to do to, um, to both salvage your training so you don't lose the gains that you have, and then also to salvage your sanity so that you can still do some good cardio exercise that can give you some sort of, uh, you know, a mental and, and psychological benefit. Yeah. Personal experience one more time. I read all about, and Jeff is big in this, and you are too, Chris, that you get the same endurance benefit from walking as you do from running. And I can read that all day long and go, yeah, yeah, right. I've been down that road. My friends, you get the same benefit. It honest to goodness does work. Really does. Yeah. Yeah. All you're missing is the speed. I mean, that's, and that's the, you know, at this point, you know, Bob, for you, speed is the last thing you're worried about, mm-hmm. right? If you if you get faster, you don't get faster later on. That's okay. You just want to get to where you're running again. Right, right. Chris, let's take a look at uh, two more questions from our friends, uh, Dean and Adam, both from the Customized. And I'm just going to summarize them a little bit. Dean wants to know, what's your favorite running items or your must-have or go-to running items that you use? And Adam wants some tips on fueling do's and don'ts. Adam's going to need those in a couple of weeks. I, I would imagine he's got a yeah. fueling plan by now, but it still would help listeners. So um, there are two running items that I don't leave the house uh, without. Uh, I've always got my Galloway timer that, that's made by Jim Boss. We've talked about those. I've always got that on yep. me when I'm going mm-hmm. for a run. And my squoosh band. Yeah. Um, oh, man. That, that thing rocks i love i love my squoosh band um john fournier the guy that that invented them is a friend of mine and uh it's just a fantastic running accessory and running in florida you're gonna sweat and if you're gonna sweat you want to find some way to get that sweat off your face out of your eyes uh all that you know stuff and so the 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 squoosh band so those are the two running accessories that um I, i i don't leave home without them you know shoes you got to have shoes, but everybody's going to run in different shoes and those sorts of things. Socks. I love Zenza. Oh, sorry, not Zenza. It's my compression sleeves. Um, uh, Injinji, Injinji are the yeah, socks right. that I wear. Yeah, those toe socks by Injinji. They're the pretty only complicated. I, I, don't, I end up you, with two toes. Yeah, you, got, it one, takes, you, know. <laughs> you might need get somebody to help you figure out which one goes yeah. on the left foot and which one goes on the right foot. Yeah. Um, Maybe somebody could write it in, in, in uh, you know, indelible ink on the sole of the, sh- of the sock for you. And then they could put um, it on my foot. Yeah, that'd help. Yeah. They're, they're, I love them though, man. I love my dress socks that I wear to church are made by, are made by. Oh yeah. Um, I, yeah, that make dress socks too. I well, love that's them. That's cool. I love that's them. cool. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, so those are, those are important. Woloco makes the, the shorts that I yeah. like to run in. Um, those are fantastic, but you know, but if you took, if you, if you made me change all those other things, the two things that I'm going to insist on is I, I need my timer and I need my, uh, I need my squoosh band. I see you're an Apple watch. Are you a runner Apple, Apple watch. watch or do you run with a Garmin? So fair question. Fair question. Um, I run with an Apple watch <gasps> Yay! and I, <laughs> I, um, I, I came to that by default. I was, uh, so we put on something we haven't talked about. One of the things that we provide for the Disney races and for some other races is Galloway Pacers. And, um, so I coordinate the Pacers for all of those, uh, all those events. And, uh, and so I heard from anybody who's ever been a Pacer, but that didn't get into uh, Disney marathon weekend, they've emailed me in the I last uh, have, couple yeah. of weeks. You don't know me, but yeah. so, um, <laughs> But anyway, I uh, so I was at at the Disney Marathon a few years ago, and there was um, uh, one of the Pacers showed up without her watch, and I was I was running with both my Apple Watch and a Garmin at the time, and so I wasn't going to give her my Apple Watch. I got too much stuff that I rely on that for, so uh, I gave her my Garmin to use, and this will show you how long ago this was. This was so long ago that I had to get home from Orlando as quickly as possible after the marathon because I'm a Jaguars season ticket holder and the Jaguars had a home playoff game uh, that day. So that's how long ago it's been. I was going to ask when that was, Chris. (laughs) That's how long ago it was, back when the Jaguars were good. So so she borrowed my Garmin to use to pace that event, and I didn't get my Garmin back from her for about four months. So for four months – all I had to run with was my Apple Watch, and I just I got used to it, and um, and I absolutely love it. Uh, but I will confess that I uh, it failed me. My Apple Watch failed me uh, last, two weekends ago um, when I was running Boston at mile twenty two of the Boston Marathon. My Apple Watch died, no. and I've never had that happen. I've done tons of marathons with my Apple Watch, um, but what's different? As we all know, you wake up at 2.30 in the morning or whatever for the Disney Marathon and you go out and yeah, you have to wait a while, but at five o'clock you're running that race. So two and a half hours after I put on my watch, I'm running that race. Um, At Boston, I put my watch on at 5.30 in the morning and I didn't start until almost 10.30. And so those extra five hours of wearing that watch before the race um, took a toll on the battery. So I'm, I'm going to have to rethink, I may have to pull my Garmin out of mothballs for my next marathon. If, um, if I know that I'm going to be using the Apple watch, but I, I'll always, I'll run with both. I'll run with both. I like, I like the, I like, uh, this isn't an Apple watch podcast, but I, I like, uh, I like, we're not sponsored by Apple. <laughs> we wish we were That's though. The goal, right? <laughs> yeah. My, um, my dad, is uh my dad is a runner and he uses an apple watch and i get we we get each other's notifications like when we that. finish a run yeah and i love that i just i love getting a notification that my dad has finished a, a run um and my mom just had a knee replacement and when she's doing her physical therapy she puts it on her watch as a workout so i get a notification that she's finished her physical therapy so um the social aspect is really cool yeah, yeah. i like that all right last thing chris Adam asked for some fueling do's and don'ts. 
Oh, fueling do's and don'ts, man. So this is this is where the nothing new on race day uh. really is important, right? You want to make sure that what you have the night before your race is something that your body has processed a thousand times. You want to make sure that what you put in your body the morning of the race is something your body has processed thousands of times before a run. And you want to make sure that what you put in your body during a race is something that you put in your body many, many, many times. I don't know if thousands, but many, many, many times. So um, don't don't fuel. If there's a gel on the course, it's a gel that you're not used to. Um, by all means, accept the gel when they're handing it out there on the course and put it in your pocket and try it on a training run later. They just gave you a freebie. But but sure as heck, do not put that in your body during the run. The uh, the most important thing is is to use stuff that you can rely on. So if you want to try the nutrition that's going to be on the on the course, if you want to fuel yourself with what's going to be on the course at a race, find out what that's going to be, and then get it ahead of time and try it out. Um, at Boston, they were using um, the Martin M M A U R T E N uh, gels, and so I I got some beforehand and um and tried it uh in my training run in fact the tower of terror 10 miler i ran pretty close to what my race pace was going to be at boston and i did the exact fueling plan i used what i used the martin drink the night before i used it the morning of i used it during the race which is way more fuel than anybody would ever need for a 10 mile race but i wanted to know that my body could process it and handle it um during that so um, Ali, Ali put in the chat, what you're saying is okay to use your race fuel as a snack, even when you're not running. It's a really good idea, Ali. It's a really good idea to make sure your body can process that. No, that I don't do that. That's... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. It's a really good idea um, to try it out. Now, try it. You need to try it out on a run as well. Um, you know, but that's, that's the main thing is to fuel based on that. Um, hydration is related to that question. And, uh, here in Florida, we see, um, we see a lot of people that, uh, get into some danger either with getting dehydrated because they're not drinking enough water or they get into uh, danger of hyponatremia where they're taking in way more water than their body needs because they think they're supposed to drink a lot because it's hot. And they, they take in so much water that they flush the electrolytes out of their system. And that can be a really dangerous, potentially fatal situation. Um, and so you really want to drink, if you're drinking water, you want to drink to thirst, drink when you're thirsty, um, but otherwise don't force it. Um, but when it's hot, definitely dump that water on your head to keep yourself cool. And like you should practice your your salt and your electrolytes as well in your training then too, right? If you're going to be, if you're going to use an electrolyte supplement, you need to practice that as well for sure. Um, because again, you, you don't know how your body's going to react to it and you want to know, you want to know before it becomes the middle of the race and you tried something that didn't agree with you. Speaking about hydration, um, and also going into the summertime, um, as we are gearing up to start dopey is, or, or for people who are starting dopey, is there a certain amount of water that we should be drinking or is it kind of just like drink when you're thirsty and then see how your body reacts or what, what would you say? Yeah. I, you know, a small, a small sip of water, uh, every mile, uh, or so during, during a run is a great idea. 
Um, but again, you don't want to, if you ever hear sloshing in your stomach when you're running, you know, you've taken in way too much. Um, this, the science has kind of changed on this and, and we used to recommend a lot more water than we do now. Um, and the recommendation that race directors are giving now, um, is to drink when you're thirsty. Um, and so I, I tend to take in, you know, what, what the races, when you're doing on a race, now, training run, you need to try to imagine what it would be like in a race, but races are pretty good about putting the water tables out at the right spots. Um, some races are going to give them to you every mile. You're not going to have them more frequently than that. And so if you're taking a sip of water every mile, you're, you're going to be in good shape. Um, if you know that you need more than that, because you've had symptoms of dehydration before, then, you know, obviously carry water with you. I like to carry water with me anyway, because that way I can avoid all the crowded uh, water tables early on, but, um, you know, but I'm still not going to drink more than, more than that, you know, a, a sip every, at, at my pace, when I'm, when I'm pacing a marathon at my pace, it, it results in probably one to two ounces every 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. That's not a whole lot. All right. Before we wrap it up here, listeners, thank you for all the questions. Uh, we tried to get all to, as many as we could, and we tried to acknowledge you. If you didn't hear your name, I'm sorry, uh, but we did try. I had one last comment, Chris. It came, and it's not a question; it's a comment. It came from Judy, who you and I saw at the expo on, uh, I think it was a Saturday. I know it wasn't very crowded, and Judy just wanted you to know that you were right that she did the Tower of Terror 10 miler and then followed it up with a PR and a 5K. I think it was a week or so later. But uh, congratulations, Fantastic. Judy. Good for you. Way to go, Judy. All right, Chris. Thank you, my friend. Uh, you showed an awful lot of patience to hang with us so long. We appreciate it. And I think our, I think our, well, I don't think so. I know our listeners appreciate it too. Hey, I wanted to talk about two things before we let you go. One is Jeff's uh, run, Jeff's run weekend, the 5K and a half marathon, have moved from December to March. Yay. <laughs> there's a, uh, but there's a tie in here with the VIP run membership and customized training. Could you tell us a little about that, please? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you, if you sign up for Jeff Galloway's half marathon weekend, whether it's Barb's 5k or the JG 13.1 or the double G, which is doing both of those, uh, there is an option when you sign up for a VIP package. And the VIP is a fantastic thing. Uh, one of the things I love about it is you get some great food after yeah, the race sure and it's do. a nice place to gather afterwards. And uh, one of the benefits that we've added in for the last, this will be the third year now that we've had as part of the VIP package is six months of customized training. And so for those people that are already doing customized, if they, uh, get VIP package, we just add six months onto their current training. Um, for new folks, uh, right now, as we are talking in May, uh, Jeff's race is more than, you know, it's in March, so it's it's almost a year away. So it's more than six months away. Um, so what I'll do is I'll be contacting those people that have signed up with VIP and, and asking, do you want a six-month plan that starts now? and covers whatever races, whatever things you might have going on for the next six months? Or do you want something that ends with Jeff's race in March 
and I'll just back it up six months and we'll cover whatever. Either way, whatever people choose, it's not like I'm just going to give people a training schedule that gets them to that half marathon. It's it's the full customized membership. So whatever events, whatever things they have for that six month period, whatever adjustments or changes they needed, they'll get to be part of the Zooms, they'll be part of the Facebook group, all of that stuff. Um, and, uh, I know there've been some people have already done customized before that say, well, Hey, I was going to renew anyway. So this, this is a, you know, a nice way to get those benefits, uh, of the VIP stuff and, and have my customized renewed as well. And then for some other people, maybe this is a way that they get introduced to customized. And, um, and I, I've even had a couple of people that sign up for VIP that Jeff is already e-coaching. And so they let me know, gee, gee, thanks, but I don't need it. That's okay. I'm not offended by that. Um, you know, if somebody's being e-coached by Jeff Galloway, I think that's fantastic. And it doesn't offend me because Jeff is my coach. You know, when I, when I need help, he's the guy I go to. So I'm never going to say that you're doing a wrong thing by going to him. But VIP is a great option. If you're going to do Jeff's race anyway, please consider that option. Um, the benefits are fantastic. And, uh, it's a you know, nice way to get customized as well. We probably haven't mentioned it. The runs in Atlanta. I highly encourage guys, listeners. It's a steal. It's a steal. The uh, VIP tied in with customized. It's, it's just a great deal on that. I just wanted to finish. I've been with customized training now, I don't know, three years, Chris, maybe something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. the thing that we've talked around and haven't talked directly about is the community of customized training runners. And I'm just smiling because I'm thinking about uh, last December in Atlanta with all the friends that I ran into there. If you're listening to us, it's because you like running and you like running at Disney and you are probably at least familiar with Jeff and Jeff Galloway running. This community that I visit with every Tuesday morning has been more supportive to me over the last couple of years. I, I say it every couple of weeks online. I wouldn't be here without you. I wouldn't be. It's without the Facebook community, without our podcast community, but especially without the customized training community. It's, it's just a great thing. And uh, I'm going to be around there for a long time. And I urge you to at least look into it. Do yourself a favor. Like I just looked it up, Bob. And uh, Monday, uh, next Monday, will be three years since you joined Customize. You joined on May 9th, 2019. So. Yeah. Okay. And I remember why I did, but we I had a goal. I had a running goal for uh, Wine and Dine, which I don't think I made, but that's okay. I came, I did all right. It didn't matter didn't matter whether I made it or not. It's been a benefit. It's been an important part of my life and I genuinely appreciate it. And coach twigs, we genuinely appreciate you spending all of this time with us and we look forward to talking with you again. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I love the podcast. Uh, and enjoy listening to it and, uh, it makes me excited. You know, I, I started into running because of Disney. My first marathon was the inaugural Disney marathon. I was not a runner before I started training for that race. And my wife oh. was a runner 
and she she said, "Hey, let's Disney is going to have a marathon. Let's do this." And so that's what got me into running was training for my first Disney marathon. And then I met Jeff Galloway at the second one, and uh, and now it's, it's my whole life. So uh, I'm 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 as big a run Disney fan as any of you. As, as all so of us. I huh? love I, I love the podcast and love the community. Thank you, Chris. Believe it, I believe it or not, I did not know that. I thought you were a runner from back in the high school and college days. I was not. I was that. not. And there you have it, Chris. Thank you for giving us all of that time. We enjoyed it. Judging by the reaction from week one, our listeners enjoyed it. And we're just grateful that you shared your knowledge with us. I want to take a minute to talk to our listeners in a little more detail about the customized training plan. And frankly, I'm going to tell you why I think you should join. We get nothing out of this. I just think it's a great thing to do. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, then you're going to enjoy being part of Customize. We meet every week on Zoom, either in the morning or the evening. We get together for chats. Uh, Chris will tell you not everybody in Customize gets online. If they did, it would be, he wouldn't have enough time in a day to finish. But it's the same kind of atmosphere that you get right here. It's extremely supportive. You've heard Chris now. You know what a great coach he is. And I'll tell you, he's just a daggum decent human being. He's just a good guy to know, a good guy to hang around with. I, I enjoy just a couple minutes I speak with him every week. We didn't talk costs throughout the interview. I'll tell you what they are. And you can find this on jeffgalloway.com and look under customized training. The initial cost for customized training is $148, not a month, $148 for six months of training. After your first six months, your renewal fee is $78 for the next six months. What's that? A little over $6 a month? Uh, no, no, it's a little over $12 a month, I'm sorry, six months. A little over $12 a month. Find another coach for that price anywhere. And Chris is one of the really good ones. Another thing to think about, especially if you live in the Southeast, go to Jeff's site and look for the JG 13.1 run weekend, which is going to be in March of 2023. If you go there and you join the, with the VIP membership, I think the cost is only $100 for the VIP membership. Now, it's $100 above the cost to enter the event. But you get, I, I did it last year, uh, you get a warm-up tent prior to the run, which was very important in December, may not be quite that important in March. Uh, you uh, get a buffet, a small buffet after the half marathon. That was great. Uh, you get express packet pickup. That's helpful. But the big thing you get is you get six months of membership in the customized training program. That's a steal, boys and girls. It really is. Uh, other things Chris mentioned, I think he mentioned Galloway training groups in there somewhere. If you happen to live near a city that has a Galloway training group, by all means, look it up and see if it'll help you. The very first uh, Disney run I did, 
it was a wine and dine half marathon. That was the only run I had on my schedule for my entire training time. I think I may have had one 10 K a couple of months prior, but that was it. So if you're in that situation where this is the only event you're going to do, then you can go to the run Disney site, download Jeff Galloway's training program and go through it step by step and you'll be okay. But if you're like most of us who look at the fall schedule and go, oh, golly, there's the Space Coast, there's Bird in Hand, there's this, that, and the other, and you try to work those in around your training schedule, around your Galloway training schedule, you're going to have a hard time. Chris will do it for you, and it's extremely helpful. So the reason why I joined is because I saw it actually work on your running. So I, you know, have been friends with you and I've been talking to you guys on Zoom calls and our um, first time marathoners, Goofy and Dopey. Um, and I, I saw it, especially Greg too, like I saw it working with you and I just was kind of like, this is for me too. If, if you can do it and, it, and it's helping you, then it seemed like it could also help me too. Um, and the same with you, Bob, just speaking so highly of it. And, and I'm really glad that I did it. I didn't think I deserved a coach. I just was like, I'm not a runner. I'm not a, I'm kind of a middle back of the pack runner. Yeah, um, me too. So, you know, why invest in that um, if I'm not going to be a serious runner? Serious runners have coaches. But <laughs> I have been enjoying just, you know, competing with myself and getting better times and getting PRs and realizing that it's just... It's just something I like to do. So investing in myself and it wasn't even a huge investment. Like you said, the cost is a steal, um, but it's been really beneficial for me. And it's really changed the way I look at running too. I'm, I'm enjoying it more. Outstanding. Obviously I have to agree 100% with what Allie is saying, but it, honestly, I really do have a huge thank you to give to you guys because if you guys never would have told me about him, I don't know if I would have been able to accomplish my race that I did about a month ago the way that I had, because with his customized training, it really brought me from zero to 50. And with like having an injury back in November, it was just like, I was so scared. And this was a race I always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. oh, I yeah. believe that he has such experience in any kind of distance that he'll have the answer to any of your questions like that. You know what I mean? Um, he has such a breadth of knowledge and you guys, he really is somebody that you should really look into. Well, look, I, I think we've said enough. Um, we'd love to see <laughs> you. We'd love to see you in the customized program, but look, if it's not for you, it's not for you. That's great. We'll love you anyway. Uh, and we'll try and help you out here in our podcast. But hey, we, we think a lot of Chris and we think a lot of the program. Uh, two more things I wanted to mention, uh, Galloway related. One is the Fidipides challenge. One of the questions we asked Chris early on is what should you do between now and the time that training starts in late June, early July? Well, Jeff's got a thing called the Fidipides challenge where you track your own miles. It's a 300 plus mile virtual event, but it runs the whole year. It's on his website. Take a look at it. It's very interesting. As you pass certain milestones along the way, he's got recordings about Pheidippides, the runner, and the story of 
of, of what he did and what he did as a runner and as an not an ambassador, but as a negotiator and a messenger. And it's uh, very interesting stuff. Uh, I don't recall the the rate on that, but nice T-shirt, nice medal are associated with that also. And one more thing, we're going to I'm going to mention another podcast. Our friend Kevin has a podcast called the Extra Mile Podcast. Galloway edition. Kevin actually has two podcasts, Extra Mile, Extra Mile Galloway edition. Jeff and Chris are on every one of Kevin's Extra Mile podcast Galloway editions. Now, the only slight difficulty there is they're published at an irregular schedule, so you kind of have to subscribe to them and then as they come along, download them. He also has a website. He'll tell you when he's got new ones coming up. That's an excellent podcast. Extra Mile Podcast, Galloway Edition. Well, I popped a note on the Rise and Run Podcast Facebook group today. We've got some exciting shows coming up. I've been busy. I was busy for a good chunk of the day today. But the full list of what's coming up, we got Kristen joining us next week from Running and Makeup. I know I'm looking forward to that. No joke, though. I really am. I really am. I love having people like that on. Kristen's got a big following, and I'm sure she'll be a lot of fun to have with us. But what I want to really highlight is two that are coming up. The June 9th show, Greg Patterson. Greg is the shoe fitting consultant for Jeff Galloway's Fidipides Shoe Store in Atlanta. And I've spoken with Greg a couple times. Just an interesting and neat guy to talk to. So I'm going to start a thread on Facebook and on Instagram, if you have questions about shoes. Now, clearly, Greg can't tell you what kind of shoes you need to get based on a question we're going to ask him on a podcast. But if you've got general questions about shoes, you know, how many pairs should I have? How long should I wear them? Should I rotate them? Should, all that kind of stuff. Let us know and we'll ask Greg. And then June 30th, we'll have the man himself with us. Jeff Galloway is going to join us. So another thread there. Let us know what your questions are for Jeff. Questions about training, questions about what he's doing, questions about his programs. Uh, you're going to love having Jeff with us. Jeff's another, like like Chris and Greg, uh, Jeff's just another great human being to talk to. Speaking of Greg, and now I'm talking to the Greg who's here with us. Greg, how's the great Peloton Challenge progressing? It's going really well. If you follow us on Instagram and, and if you also follow the Will Run For podcast um, on Instagram as well, you know, anytime we do a ride, you know, we like to post. And, and I must say, I'm super impressed with Tom, you know, the number of rides that he gets in a day. Uh, so after one week in the competition, he does have a lead on me. Uh, he uh, probably has about, I'd say about 20 or so miles on me. Um, although I, I appreciate that uh, when I, did that post for both of our accounts. He was like, you're a hell of a lot faster than me. I just have more free time than you do. And, <laughs> and, that, and that very well could be. So, um, you know, the case. So, but I, I do appreciate those kind of words, Tom, but again, it's, it's a, just a really nice thing that, you know, again, you know, as we were talking about, you know, physical fitness and losing weight and stuff like that, it's a, been a wonderful cross training, um, you know, program for me. And, you know, if it helps me, you know, drop those pounds, then I'm all for it. But the most important part of all of this is that it's going to raise money 
for charitable organizations as it relates to our bibs for marathon weekend. So having a lot of fun with it. There's going to be no losers in this. Everybody's a winner. And uh, Tom and I are still chatting with one another. We are going to select a ride where both of us will be present. So if you're interested in following along again, it's hashtag uh, will rise and Peloton foe. Leave the, uh, leave the R off. Uh, And, you know, once we do make a decision on day class and time, we'll be sure to post that up on, you know, social media. So that way you you can join in the fun. Yeah, but Greg, you are winning in shout outs from Peloton instructors. That's right. Yes, I did get another nice message from Bradley Rose today after I did his uh, jazz ride um, after I finished my run this morning. So, yes, I do have that humble brag. And anytime I do get a message from Bradley, uh, I make sure to screenshot it and send it to Tom directly. And he gets insanely jealous. So at least you are right, John. I'm winning in that category. Now, granted, it's not Cody Rigsby or anything like that. Bradley is one of the newer uh, Peloton cycling instructors who's based over in their London studios. Um, but he's a real fun guy. Uh, really appreciate his classes. So, uh, but you know, it, I, I find it to be a really cool thing that you know, as they say in the Disney World ride, it is a small world after all. <laughs> well, Greg, we're proud of you. Like you said, there's no losers here, and we know you're both doing your best. Uh, stay online afterwards, Greg. I want to talk to you. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Let's see what else we got here. Is it time yet? I think it's time for the race report. All right. Let's take a look at who ran last week. I, one of the things I was talking about, we had a couple of what I call major type events last week. Uh, one that went by unnoticed because number one is way out there on the West Coast. And I didn't see anybody that on our f- list who was running it, but the Bay to Breakers out in San Francisco, which is a very famous run out there, was held last week. So I don't know if we have any West Coast listeners who did Bay to Breakers. If you did, uh, it's not too late. Go ahead and pop in some photos for us. Folks, we did have running. This is a famous run and one I I may try to get to next year. The Indy Mini Marathon in Indianapolis, Indiana which features one lap around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which is our buddy Jeff pointed out to me, there's no shade when you're running around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. But uh, Jeff finished that one, as did Kim and Woody, the running team for that run with Angelies Angels, and our buddy Troy. I know that Troy doesn't listen to the podcast, but I wanted to mention Troy also did that one. Now, Jeff, Jeff put some great photos up for us. I was tracking Jeff and just almost like when I was tracking Mandy at Boston, I looked and I'm going, Oh boy, he's right on the edge of that two fifteen cutoff for a POT. And when I last tracked him, he was actually a little bit behind and he put on a kick at the end and finished with a uh, two fourteen something way to go. Jeff nicely done. Strong finish. We're proud of you. Uh, out in Jacksonville, Florida at the Donna five K Dean and Judy finished that one. Dean, Dean had a good run there too. Dean posted it. He finished in, he thought he finished in 27th something, but when the official time came in, it was low 28th. That's okay. Anything under 30, I think is super for a 5k. So well done, Dean and Judy. And our buddy, Margaret in central Florida, Margaret finished the Lung Force 5K 
that went through SeaWorld in Orlando. Margaret, I was sitting here out on my patio. I had the TV on to the Tampa news station, and they did a feed from out there at SeaWorld for the Lung Forest Run. I was looking for you, didn't see you, but I thought that was pretty cool. That run raised about $100,000 for the American Lung Association. So that's pretty cool. I got a note on Facebook from our friend Rob over in the UK. Rob did a 5K race on May 4th at a sub-20 pace. You know, that's one of the, that's another one of the things that I love about this group. We got runners of all abilities here. And, and Rob's one of our better runners. And I love the fact that he hangs in here with us. And I love reading his post and seeing how he's doing. Okay, let's take a look at running next week. Jeff is still at it in Indianapolis running the Indy Pride 5K. Rob, Rob's trying to run, Rob over in England, who I just spoke of, is trying to run a bunch of events. He's trying to work on running on tired legs. They'd be dead legs if I was <laughs> what Rob was doing. But he's going to do a 10K on Wednesday and then a 5K the following week. And then he's got a marathon coming up. He's also got a half marathon, a local half marathon on May 15th in, and if I'm pronouncing this wrong, Rob, I'm sorry, Chislehurst, England. Uh, one more. On Saturday, our buddy Joe is running the Everyday Superheroes. I believe that's a 5K in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Now, we got a post from a new listener named Lena. And Lena posted that she was new to all this and she was glad she found the, the group and we're happy that she's with us. But she said she's not as cool as Joe because she doesn't run every weekend, but she hopes to see him sometime because she's kind of close to him. Well, then Joe sent me a note that made me indicate he was going to see her this weekend at the Everyday Superheroes run. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not. But, hey, that was the original reason that way back when I started with this file for runs was that we'd have people from our groups who might show up at the same event and not know one another were there. And I always look for the opportunity to meet people. I just love it. So that's what's going on this week. All right, my friends, almost time to wrap it up. A couple more thoughts this Thursday night, May 12th. We'll be getting together on Zoom. I won't be there this week, but I know Alicia will. Alicia, this is a big week for the Run Disney Motivational Team Facebook group, isn't it? It is. Um, I started the group in 2016, and on May 4th, um, it was our anniversary. And Star Wars Day. Yes. <laughs> I didn't intend for it to be that day. It just happened to be, and it's an easy one to remember. Yeah. But we're very grateful for all of the people that are a part of the group. Um, I'm very humbled by all of the nice messages that people said thank you for the group. Um, it's kind of my baby that I started. So, <laughs> Well, it served a great purpose. It's, and yes. it's grown into a lot of different things. Yeah. I've, I've met so many cool people. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. in turn, it, it brought all of us together. So oh, that's yeah. awesome. How many? Yeah. <laughs> so many great people. And, and we yes. continue to meet more. Absolutely. And that's wonderful. Uh, so that'll be this Thursday. I'll have uh, login instructions posted 
on multiple Facebook group sites. Uh, if you get a chance, drop in. The more you drop in, the more you'll get to know people, the more comfortable you'll feel. And trust me, we really genuinely are happy to see you there. So, I think we're bringing episode 31 to a close. One more time, Coach Twiggs, thanks for all of your time. We enjoyed it. I know our listeners did too. And we've got some exciting things coming up. Stay tuned. Training's coming up. Oh, man, it just gets better all the time. Guys, we'll see you next week. But until we do, as always, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer. 